Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party and Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going, man? This is a big one. It's uh, one of our more spicy episodes, I reckon. We are discussing the controversial aim assist debate and not something we've talked about a lot. So we're going to try and break it down and give you all the information out there as we try and do with stuff like this so that you can make a more informed opinion for yourself. That's the goal at the end of the day. We're not going to come out here to try and tell you one's better than the other. Somebody's dumb. We're here to give all the information we can to make it as easy as possible. Before we do that, though, we want to make sure you join us on Discord to chat Apex, find teammates, receive third-party updates, debate about aim assist. Links in the description to do that. We also have a big announcement this week, thanks to our generous patrons uh, who have access to maybe a similar episode as today, uh, our deep dive into skill-based matchmaking, how that system works. There may be parallels between this episode and that, so if you enjoy this episode, I highly recommend checking that episode out. Um, But thanks to the people that have supported us, we're launching a video podcast. It's going to release for season 11, November 3rd. Um, If you're interested, go check out our YouTube, subscribe, be ready for it. I'm really excited. Shay, I'm sure you're excited. Thrilled. (laughs) A lot of preparation, lights, camera, action, the works. Um, And to celebrate, the lights specifically (laughs) have been a a heartache. But to celebrate, major accomplishment, uh, we've designed a movie premiere style, full-size third-party poster. Um, The design was in collaboration with Amber or Muse Creative on Instagram. Really proud of how it turned out. I'm so excited to get mine in person. Um, I highly recommend you at least check it out, screenshot it, make it your wallpaper. Um, But we're only selling 30 physical posters. So limited edition run, little piece of third-party history. They're also going to be signed by yours truly, Shay Mm -hmm. and I. So check them out. Really appreciate it. Um, But I'm pretty confident that they're the coolest Apex Legends poster you've seen. I mean, day one, we had uh, one person buy three for them and their squad mates. Uh, they're starting so they're to running go. Out. Yeah, they're starting to go. And uh, Henry and I right now are debating if we're getting one or two because we're like, oh, for the YouTube podcast, maybe we'll throw one in the background. But we also want one to kind of look at. So True. It's, it's a debate either way, which, whichever way you go. But I'm thrilled to have Amber on doing this project. And it, it's something we really wanted to celebrate doing video because when Henry and I kind of try to launch something new, we want to make sure it's done as well as it can rather than kind of just getting it out there for you guys. So hopefully if you enjoy video pods, you will enjoy this and it can be something you watch each and every week. Let's do it though. Let's dive into it. And we got a lot to do. We got some stuff written out here. I think we're also going to go off topic and tangent a lot too. We're going to keep it as civil as humanly possible. Henry and I have both had some heated debates about this, not really with each other. We're kind of on the same page, but more so with the idea of what people talk about aim assist on Instagram and Twitter. But yeah, this is the most heated debate that's touched Apex since its creation. 
you can argue buffs and nerfs around the meta all you want you know those arguments are going to disperse over time though this is kind of the one thing in game that will remain a constant battle and has been a battle since the creation and then was really more so even brought to the forefront with crossplay mnk versus controller and i think it's interesting to ask why like why is it such a heated debate and i think it kind of comes down to this facet of the game that people believe impacts their gameplay and that it hasn't changed since the creation of the game and so talking about it is always easy it drives a lot of traction with people on social media does great for youtube algorithms um we've personally stayed away talking about it for a long time because henry and i never thought it was a huge deal and we chimed in when we were asked about it on streams or five-star questions or socials um but yeah kind of avoided the topic for the most part until today today we are going to try and break it down give everything all the information as we mentioned um and hopefully come to some cool conclusions at the end. And for transparency's sake, we're full-time controller players, grew up on it, on PC. You know, We've gone from console to PC, so we've experienced the controller. We've experimented with MNK, but neither one of us has tried to make the, the full-time switch to mouse and keyboard. Unless you've done something in the last week that I didn't know of. <laughs> no, no major switch coming up anytime soon. I do know that when we had gaming pcs uh we did try out apex on the on the keyboard oh yeah and it was oh you mean the laptops the laptops yeah yeah, yeah, gaming laptops Mm -hmm. meant to say and that was a pretty crazy experience where you don't necessarily have the frames but you still have a the crazy movement but yeah we're gonna get into the specifics yeah so we're gonna start with kind of explaining what is aim assist in its purest form and we'll work from there so it boils down like mouse and keyboard versus controller comes down to aim assist essentially in the end. There's some other stuff that we'll talk about here and there, but this is, I think, the big proponent that frustrates people a lot. Um, the definition of aim assist is automatic adjustment to aim to improve accuracy. Essentially, aim assist is a program that helps controller players aim to compensate for a lack of precise controls that come with using a controller versus a mouse. Essentially, it's an accessibility feature in its purest form. There's a lot of variables that go into creating and defining aim assist, including muscle memory, reaction speed, thumbstick dead zones, muscles in your thumb, turn speed acceleration, and many more. Um, We don't think we really had the time or visual platform yet to go into explaining all of that in depth. but the kind of the point that we're trying to make here is that developers have been working really hard in all their games to create a balanced version of aim assist. And I don't think anyone's done it perfectly yet. You know, there's always frustration amongst the communities. Aim assist is not really a function in any game though, that I think as some people will tell you allows you to just press the triggers and not aim. And that I think needs to be very made very clear in the discussion. I've seen you kind of send me Twitter posts before about like, man they did it again like it's just like i love the people say set down your controller you got aim assist essentially (laughs) yeah some of the discussions around this topic with aim assist are pretty removed from the truth and i think Mm -hmm. there is that assumption that aim assist allows controller players to snap to the head Mm -hmm. snap to the body you know do things like that when really i think any controller player knows that's not true and probably most mouse and key players know in their heart that that's not true 
really, if you look in, you watch the difference between aim assist on, aim assist off, the difference is slowing down when you're Mm -hmm. over a target, you know, not really adjusting any aim, just kind of allowing you to have more of a reaction because you still do need to aim. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think just got to clear that up. Yeah, magnetization is sometimes yeah. the the word that'll be used in Apex specifically. And with that comes power that we'll talk about later in terms of like tracking and such. Um, in the beginning, though, Aim Assist was created to make FPS games more approachable. FPS games started off as being mouse and keyboard games predominantly. Um, and obviously, they quickly wanted to reach the controller audience. It's a very large consumer base. Uh, but to do that, they really needed to make it fun and approachable, which led to aim assist and that's kind of an interesting thing to think about right there like we might talk about the business behind aim assist and why it could potentially be a good thing to keep your controller players you know enjoying themselves um not to say clear advantage but also interesting study that we'll talk about a couple times throughout the show but a study done at the human computer interactions relab kind of reinforces the need for aim assist uh the quote from the study There's no question the mouse is the faster and more accurate aiming device. Research has shown this over and over from the 1980s forwards. This is not in contention. It is slower and less accurate to aim with a thumbstick. The mouse has not been beat. Okay. So that quote right here, let's talk about it for a second because I think it's interesting. We don't want to say, give you this information and say, case open, case closed. I think this is more of a function to state that aim assist is more so needed to try and create a balance versus trying to give the advantage to one other person. Yeah. This is just the start of the conversation, honestly. Mm -hmm. And this is where it should start whenever we're talking about controller versus mouse and keyboard, because it isn't an even playing ground. There's a reason that we have balancing between the two and aim assist. And this is exactly it. it comes down to just that raw input speed Mm -hmm. and it's far and away more precise, faster to aim with a mouse. Yeah. And the issue of aim assist hasn't been something that people have argued about mostly until crossplay became normalized because it created this environment of people actually using different inputs against one another. And then you get to the question of competition and parity, what's better? And that's going to kind of start this debate, essentially. We do have some games that have avoided this, like Valorant built for MK, can't even use a controller. I think you can if you like mod or something, but you're just at a, such a drastic disadvantage to do so that it's not worth it. Apex, though, on the other hand, kind of like its Battle Royale's companions, try to appeal to a broader audience, and that means console players. You know, console players are it's cheaper to enter. PCs are very expensive, and so they want people on controller to have fun to do so, to reach this large audience, and that's a very big reason aim assist is in the game. And that's essentially our introduction to the concept of aim assist, what it is. We're going to talk about people's opinions. We're going to talk about some pros and cons. So how about you walk us through some of these pros and cons and we can kind of, we'll we'll talk about it a little bit here for sure. So kicking it off with the controller pros. Controller player, you have aim assist. That's a pro. Accessibility is another pro. And you can think about that in multiple terms. You can think about it in terms of, A lot of people have consoles. It's more accessible to use Mm -hmm. a controller, Um, but you can also think about it in terms of just the accessibility of being able to just use your thumbs. It could be considered a more relaxed form of gameplay. 
Mm-hmm. You know, you're not hunched over a desk with your mouse really getting into it. You're kicked back on the couch with your friends, more accessible to play the game, if you will. Kind of an abstract interpretation. And then from that same study from Interaction Labs that we mentioned earlier, it states that some of the Interaction Labs research suggests that aim assist reduces the cognitive load on players, allowing them to devote more attention to other other critical tasks during gameplay, like positioning or listening for audio cues, giving them a secondary advantage over their peers on keyboard and mouse. That's such an interesting concept to me, because like when we talk about it in the sense of a BR, you know, there's a lot of variables to pay attention to. And if this is actually a theory that, you know, in turn would let you be more successful at some of those other things, that's a very big function. And the last pro that I actually forgot to throw on the document here is, um, and very much supported by a lot of people whose opinions we'll get to later, but the close to medium range, that's kind of when aims is going to start to kick in for people rather than the longer sniper range charge rifle. 800 meters away uh, you'll you'll we'll hear the prowler debate maybe later today uh, but that's kind of the start of the controller pros essentially and that that one about just the ability to free up your mind for more strategic thinking that's huge mm-hmm. and i think at least as somebody who is a novice of the keyboard that's the hardest part i can do a mouse no problem been using a mouse forever never been the best typist but all the buttons with my non-dominant hand on the left side really hard takes a lot of my thought just to work the keyboard so mm-hmm. overcoming that obstacle for me is a reason that I, I stick with the controller because it allows me to think about the game more strategically and not having to think about my pinky and where it's going to go in order to crouch so I mean, one thing we'll talk about a lot and we can just talk about it now is this concept of switching, like whether one is better or the other, you know, if, if we come out of this and went and we played apex for the last year and a half and we were like, I feel like I have to be on mouse and keyboard to be more successful. It's going to be a long time of me playing mouse and keyboard to be anywhere close to where I'm already at on controller. So we have this debate and all, but I think so much of it is just going to come down to what people kind of grew up playing. And for us, we grew up with controllers, as did a lot of people. And But if you grow up playing mouse and keyboard, uh, it's going to be a lot easier for you to kind of and transition that into your FPS games as an older guy. Yeah. And that also comes down to the, the time that you're totally. putting in, you know, at, at this point, I don't have the ability to play eight hours a day. Mm-hmm. Never am. So mm-hmm. making a switch, if I have professional aspirations or or other goals, isn't really feasible. And I think mm-hmm. for the vast majority of people, they're going to be in that same lane of, I'm going to do what's comfortable and I'm pretty much going to stick with it because switching would be painful. Mm-hmm. The big con for controllers is input limitations. And so what that means is you don't have as many keys to bind things to, you know, I'm looking at my keyboard right now and I'm seeing a lot of options for how I could label stuff like healing and everything. You can kind of work around this with different grips like claw or, you know, buying paddled controllers, but out of the box for the average consumer, the average player, you you can't do stuff like moving and healing at the same time because it's very hard to keep your left thumb on the left stick and press a D-pad button at the same time. It's actually quite impossible. So that's that's one of the big controller cons, essentially. One that, I don't know, what do you think? Is it is it okay to 
be able to add paddles and stuff to your controller to work around this in that sense? Or is this one that maybe needs to be accepted in a way? You're asking me, is it cheating to have a paddle? Have a paddle. I think, yeah, yeah. that's something people talk um, about a lot. Yeah. I mean, people talk about strike packs and paddles and totally. model controllers, and that's considered cheating. They've been banned in multiple leagues. Um, I don't think having paddles or more inputs is cheating. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're still limited by your fingers, just like you are on keyboard. So I, I do not think that's cheating, but I will say that keys, paddles, inputs aside, Apex, along with many shooters, comes down to aim. You know, mm-hmm. the triggers, the mouse, that's really where the bread and butter is. The mm-hmm. movement potential on each platform is varied, I think. We may continue to discuss it. But when it comes down to it, the thing that matters is your accuracy and your speed. And I don't think there is a huge difference, honestly, between triggers with your index finger and triggers on a mouse with your index finger. So I think they're pretty comparable. And I think that's why we're here playing the game cross platform. Mm -hmm. And the world hasn't ended yet. Like I think that the majority of what counts is in that aim. And they're very similar, I think, on the raw input. Yeah, it's a it's a gun game for sure. Yeah. The movement is important, I think, to an extent, though. And that is kind of the the key is figuring out what is that extent. Because the cotton of controller is that you can't do some of the movement tech that mouse and key can. Talk about the pros of mouse and keyboard, though, because that pretty much leads directly into the biggest one up front. Perfect segue. The pros of mouse and keyboard are you have more range of motion. So movement tech, you have tap strafing right now, super jumps, zip line juggling. Um, that's an advantage. You know, that's a pro, pretty clear outright. Um, and on top of that, another branch from movement is the ability to move while looting. So mm-hmm. when you're looting a death box in the middle, you can move. Mm-hmm. And that means you're ha- going to have faster armor swaps, which mm-hmm. is another advantage in a pro. Um, and then on top of that, like we were talking about, the opposite of the controller, con is almost limitless ability to have custom key bindings on the keyboard. So just more range, mm-hmm. more abilities. Um, might be difficult to an old dog like me, but there is that higher ceiling, which is really what it's all about. And that higher skill ceiling is a pro. Yeah, I mean, if you are, if you're looking at it like this, hey, the point of aim assist and the point of a controller is that you should be able to aim with these small thumbsticks at the same level as someone that is using a mouse. I think whether we've crossed that line or not is something we're going to talk about at the end of this episode, and that's where the debate really starts. But in in the grand scheme of things, the goal is to keep the aim even. But if you're keeping the aim even, the increased range of motion on the keyboard and mouse is what kind of leads into that higher skill ceiling. And if you do put the time in, you can have the aim and the movement in that kind of theory. That that's the yeah. that's the theoretical point. Yeah. Yeah. As of now, there is no clear advantage for movement on controller. So that's kind of not a part of the discussion. Yeah. Is the- it incredibly like impactful? I don't think as much as the gunplay, but it's there. So you have to consider it when you're looking at mouse and keyboard. Yeah. Cons of mouse and key, though, 
on that other, the negative is that, yeah, you got a high skill ceiling, more difficult to master. We kind of talked about it case by case though, kind of depends maybe what you grew up on, but I think the general consensus is that it is harder to pick up and be good at mouse and key off the bat versus maybe being able to use a controller, which is what most people I think naturally grow up playing. And yeah, your other con is you lack aim assist. And a lot of people will tell you that you're not going to be as effective up close because you don't have the built-in kind of tracking. And we can circle this topic on when we talk about Apex specifically in their aim after going over people's opinions. But I think that is kind of the that's kind of the argument right there is yeah. can you still be as effective close range? Because if there's a huge disparity, then maybe there is an issue essentially. Yeah, and another con for mouse and key more broadly is the opposite of console and the accessibility. Totally. You know, Apex in general is a intense game when it comes to computing power. So mm-hmm. if you're going to use mouse and keyboard, likely that's going to be more expensive for you mm-hmm. to be able to play Apex than on a console. So that's a con that you kind of have to consider, but most of this conversation is based around performance. Yeah. We have some more information on that. We'll get to it on the backside of our ad break. Here's a little sponsor word from the sponsors. Welcome back though. Walk me through what we know about the player base. There aren't like a ton of macro numbers out there in terms of like how many downloads are on console versus PC, the active player base. That's not super public knowledge. And so tell them what we've at least found out for ourselves. Yeah. Like you said, not a whole lot of public record. There are figures about how many gamers in general might play on PC versus a console, but we're in a very niche community and it's not applicable for us to include League of Legends players when we're talking about the differences and how the player base is distributed. What we do know though is from our limited survey of our Instagram followers, 83% of those that responded played Apex with controller, 17% on mouse and keyboard. I think it's a, while I don't think our numbers are reflective of the entire player base, I think that it drives point that most people are on controller versus mouse and key. Like generally speaking, like yeah. we've said, it's more accessible. And so that's kind of a huge part of it. Anything to throw in there before we kind of get into where we'll try not to go crazy on anything right now? <laughs> no, I think we should go right into the subjective stuff. Yeah, so now we've kind of laid down some of the groundwork, how mouse and key works in Apex and how controller works in Apex. What's the point of aim assist? Why it's in the game? How it was created? Let's talk about the community though now. And that essentially means we're going to go through giving you guys some input of very popular faces in the gaming and Apex universe. Uh, And we'll pull from that, chat about it a little bit. But let's start with some streamer input. And we're going to start with Shroud. So Shroud had a quote on aim assist. No random schmuck can just pick up mouse and keyboard and do somewhat well. They're going to suck and they're going to suck a lot. But if you grab a controller, there's a chance it will just assist you in some situations. I've always been like this and I've always said that there shouldn't be aim assist or controllers or whatever in tournaments. You shouldn't mix it. Either you go only controller or only PC. In Apex, for example, when you have half and half, the competitive integrity is already gone from the get-go. Like you get rid of aim assist though, then controller sucks. You have aim assist, then controller's too strong. Like there's no perfect balance there. I think Shroud like kind of like that last line, like kind of sums it up really well. There is no perfect balance in a way. Like it's it's so hard to get to that point in, in that sense. Yeah. And this is 
you know, pretty spicy words, you know, totally. controversial to say the least. Um, but he brings up the point of competitive integrity. Mm-hmm. That's something that we all, of course, care about. I think, you know, I want the game to be competitive. Maybe for the casual players, that doesn't matter as much. But I think at the top level, we want there to be a healthy, competitive scene around Apex because that drives the game to be better. See more mm-hmm. eyes, more people experience it, more people can create careers around it. I love that. I think we have a pretty competitive scene right now that mm-hmm. is not gone based mm-hmm. off of the differences in input. I mean, we will, we're going to continue to share some of the frustrations with aim assist, which is where a lot of these kind of quotes will come from. Uh, but we'll get you to some numbers on like if controllers are dominating the pro scene right now. Um, but a newer to the apex scene streamer, Nick Merckx, uh, Nick, we'll get his opinion now talked about the strengths and weaknesses of both inputs on stream in a pretty, pretty nice way. Uh, and then when asked about it though, did follow up with this gem of a quote said, it's funny, all these mouse and keyboard guys are talking about Amos as being broken, right? But they're on keyboard and mouse. And I think that that's a fun one. That's, I think, yeah. one of the most interesting arguments you can have with this whole debate right there. Yeah, and that we're probably going to come full circle on that in the end with mm-hmm. one of our, our closing quotes on the subject. But this kind of comes back to the idea of fearing the unknown. When Apex mm-hmm. went cross-platform, cross-play, I don't know what it's like to go against mouse and key. I'm scared. I don't know what that's going to be like. And so you fear the worst and you mm-hmm. you think it's going to be scary, even if maybe you don't know. But this is an interesting side from Nick talking about people complaining about things that they're not taking advantage of. They say it's an exploit. Why aren't they exploiting it? Yeah. And that's where... That's what the opinion I think we've shared on stream and diving into this episode, I think there's more that goes into it than just that. But that is like one of the backbones of kind of my personal beliefs around aim assist right now is that like if you fully believe it is absolutely broken and you're trying to compete and win money behind it, like then you should switch if that's yeah. your full strength belief. That switch, maybe it's not possible, but they seem to be quite talented and have the time to do so. So I'm not sure about that. Next one coming from Ninja. Ninja gets spicy a little bit. Ninja says, just played with a controller on PC for the second time in two days. I have competed in several games at a competing level on both controller and mouse and keyboard. You cannot tell me that with 100% strength aim assist in linear settings that using a controller isn't aim bot. So Ninja's got an audience. Ninja says that kind of thing and it starts to get around. And I think this is the... It's the crux of some of the issue right now is that the purpose of aim assist is to not be aimbot. If you think it is aimbot, then you we do have an issue in this game, per well, se. It's just so inflammatory. Yes, because it's hyperbole at its if finest. If you think for one second that what Ninja said is true, that mm-hmm. aim assist equals aimbot, then why is Henry not the greatest player alive? If mm-hmm. I use controller, and I think that's what a lot of players feel when mm-hmm. they hear something like this, they feel alienated. Wow! If you think I'm on controller and I have aimbot, why am I not the best at this mm-hmm. game? Like, mm-hmm. why is it still hard for me to play if you're claiming that my input is cheating? Like, that's just such an extreme perspective that it can't possibly be true. And so, what do you take away from it? The funny thing to me is like. Ooh. People will say, oh, it's aimbot, but only at close range. 
And I'm like, <laughs> well, just so you know, like there are advantages to using a controller at close range for sure. The ability to track an Apex Legends in a movement-based shooter mm-hmm. with aim assist, that is valuable. 100%. Without it, you'd miss every shot though on controller. But the interesting fact to me is like, I I think people and hopefully our listeners will avoid calling it aimbot because you can go look up what aimbot is in Apex Legends. It doesn't look like a poor controller player. I mean, if you plugged in aimbot and started hacking, you're going to hit a lot more shots than you would just using a controller. <laughs> and it's not just close range. No. Right? Aimbot yeah. works at all distances. <laughs> Believe me. Break down some of the streamer distribution, though, because we did some data finding behind uh, our research. Yeah, so we heard some thoughts from some top streamers, but I think it's interesting to look at the top 100 Apex streamers at this time. 89% of them use mouse and keyboard versus only 11 that use controller. Mm-hmm. That's, that's sweeping. That's a mm-hmm. vast majority. Why is that? Yeah. And- the first is kind of that tech per se. Like we're talking about streamers, you know, streamers are going to, they need their gaming PCs essentially to stream. If you have your really nice PC, did you grow up on controller? I think there's kind of like a gap there that needs to be bridged of saying, I'm going to stream with a really nice computer and still use controller if you didn't grow up on mouse and key. Yeah. And it also comes down to what game did you grow up playing? Totally. Um, I think as well. But the idea that the vast majority of the top streamers for Apex use mouse and keyboard, I think that definitely plays into the fact that they need the computer to stream. I think that there's also a degree of needing that height, heightened performance. I mm-hmm. think you can make the argument that if you're live, if you have people there with you, the pressure's on, performance matters. You got to mm-hmm. put on a show, whether it's entertainment or you know fragging out at the game. So I think that's a something you should consider. Another thing, maybe the opposite, is convenience or comfort. If yeah. you're a streamer, that means you're putting in hours on the game. How does keyboard and mouse compare to controller when you look at long-term gameplay, posture, cramping, things like that? Is it more comfortable to mm-hmm. have both your hands on the desk than hunched over with a controller, probably subjective, but maybe these numbers tell us something else. Yeah. And it's also interesting, like we talk about movement being a nice factor to have an apex. Movement is fun to watch. And so if I'm streaming, yeah. it makes a lot of sense for me to be playing with these uh, un- input that can provide incredible movement because then you get those highlight plays, you get clipped and, you, and that's kind of the goal of streaming in the end. And so Streamers majority play on mouse and keyboard. There's some good reasoning behind that. I think the question is, okay, is it fair for a streamer on mouse and keyboard to have a complaint about a controller going against them, which we'll circle back to at the end here. Yeah. And then, you know, talking about streamers, Twitch is one thing. A lot of times people kind of group all content creators together podcasts included oh yeah we we go right up there with hal and all those guys yeah i threw us in you know (laughs) this this is a plug but youtube is maybe a completely different scene yeah and it's a little bit more difficult to collect data on all apex legends youtubers so we kind of just took a sample as to who we consider to be some of the top creators on the platform and it's split 
50-50. We have on the mouse and keyboard side, Zilbrad, Gaming Merchant, True Noom, Rain Day, Tuxbird. And on the controller side, we have iTemp, Back of My Janks, Staycation, Simply Ashton, SoXFAR. And so we have really success on both sides, even at the highest levels. Why is that? Is there a difference between Twitch and YouTube where input might matter? Yeah. And I think one of the big arguments to be made is that when you're streaming, like we were talking about, you're in the public eye. You need to make those highlight plays. You need those pop-off games that are incredibly exciting. With controller, yes, pop-off games are awesome on controller and stuff, and you can make great content around that, but you also don't need to share that frustration as much because you get to, for the most part, do it behind the scenes. And there's a lot of people that do both as well, which is, especially if you're not just pulling your streams and then posting them on YouTube. Yeah. I think that it also comes down to a background. You know, I think that if you are streaming, jumping into streaming a couple of years ago was hard. Mm -hmm. You know, you needed to have a setup. You needed to have great Wi-Fi. YouTube, I think, has maybe a lower barrier of entry, similar to console. So I think that perhaps the background of a top YouTuber today comes from a different beginning of being on console, being a more casual gamer and creating a video around it instead of performing live, playing that game on Twitch. So I think kind of the relaxed nature or background of a YouTube creator might inspire the difference in input that I'm going to maybe play less and my gameplay is less stressful or Mm -hmm. high performance, high octane geared. And and that's going to come back to play style as well. Mm -hmm. And let's get into the pros because I think that is going to talk a lot about play style and kind of the controller versus mouse and keyboard debate. Um, So we have TSM Imperial Hal. Very vocal voice against aim assist. We have sweets. It's another one. Many more pros. They've all discussed their frustration with aim assist, aim assist quite often on Twitter. We've talked about it on our show all the time in the news segment because it always ends up trending and it's always a big deal. Uh, most of them sh- express that frustration and the close range capabilities of someone on a controller. And then that constant removal of movement abilities like tap strafing and they see that as their number one advantage, you know, kind of being removed from the game in that sense. What are some of your thoughts on that? What do you, how do you feel about this concept of like removing the movement tech, like tap strafing as a, is it a balancing mechanic or is a quality of life mechanic or is it both? And it's just disguised as one or the other. Well, it comes back to what we were talking about at the very beginning is aim assist an assist to be even. Mm-hmm. Or is it a buff and mm-hmm. it's making controller more accurate, more powerful than a mouse in terms of aiming? I think the goal is it for for is is for it to be even. I think the practicality in Apex is that it is not, and that is why we have distinct advantages on the other side as well yeah. right now. If it was dead even, then I don't think we would be having this argument or having like if it was dead even and then the discussion was wait, why would I ever play controller? Because on mouse and keyboard, I can loot faster, I can have increased movement and such. So there obviously is 
it being used as some sort of balancing tool in Apex, whether that is the goal or not, or even what will be portrayed from Respawn as we give some of their inputs later. Yeah, I, I think that it's hard to dismiss any of these thoughts and opinions from content creators and streamers and pros because they're playing the game a lot. You yes. know, there has to be some mm-hmm. sort of truth behind their words. But I think that some element of that truth is hidden in the fact that they're discussing specifically close range engagements. Mm-hmm. And I really am not trying to, to flame anybody, but close range flame engagements them. are where frustration comes from. Mm-hmm. Peacekeeper to the head, missing all your wingman shots and getting destroyed by a volt. These things are what happens in a close range engagement on both sides. And so when you die in a close range engagement, you're going to be upset. And if you don't know, or you have a, a bias, you might just look at their input and say, that's why I died. Yeah. And when maybe you're using a shotgun and a hit for 11. And that was the problem. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard to look in that. And it's really interesting because like you look at the play style of, you know, these people have voices in the Apex community, like how been the number one Apex streamer for a long time until we had some new people come in as well. He plays a different game than us. He's playing the highest levels of rank and he's playing pro play all the time. I'll be honest. I don't think we get into as many crazy like, oh, there's four teams and we're all close range end game fights because 12 teams have done everything they could to survive until the final ring as fights as he does and so yeah he's going to experience those close quarters fights in that sense even more frequently than we are on top of how much he's playing like we're talking about that's a really important point to make and one that i don't think we've touched on in recent history on the show is just pros are playing a different game from Mm -hmm. the drop to the end game it's completely different and it is so hard to relate to it and take away from it and that's why we have a lot of red flags when balancing decisions are made on behalf of the pros because although we do want a competitive scene, it's a different game. There mm-hmm. are different rules. Like That's something that you have to consider, so that's a really good point. Let's talk Snipe Down, though. Obviously, he might be the most well-known controller player in Apex on TSM, even though his uh, co-teammate really flames his input a lot of the time, which I always think is hilarious. But Snipe Down had a five-minute discussion on Twitch recently kind of about controller. And to sum it up, he just expressed that controller superior. He says, the mid-range to up-close fight power that comes with the controller's aim assist makes it the superior input. And then more so that the tracking capabilities in a game predicated on movement lead to a superior advantage. And he very much reinforces this concept and is a strong believer that controller is superior. Controller superior to him, he's also been playing it his entire life, which is an important thing to note. And like we kind of just mentioned with how they are in those situations of games where they are getting into those up close and really intense fights, maybe more frequently than other people are. And so I think this is an interesting one, though, because this is obviously the controller guy. And if people were just kind of flaming his game you'd think he would instinctively want to say like oh no 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 it's balanced but he was very open about believing that controller is like it's a superior way to go and this is the real deal these are professionals there's thousands of dollars on the line they play apex full time mm-hmm. all right like th- this is a serious thing to consider so the choices that people have in input is both a combination of 
what they grew up on, what they mm-hmm. have experience in, but also what they think is going to win them money. So you have to weigh that quite heavily when you're thinking about the fairness between the two. Let's do a case study and look at the most recent ALGS championship uh, for North America and give a little controller versus mouse and key breakdown. Um, Of the 60 players that competed, we were able to find the input for 57 of them. 70% of the player base in that tournament was on mouse and key. 30% was on controller. Uh, Controller only teams placed 11th 14th and 16th three of the top five teams had one controller player on it four of the top 10 teams had one controller player and just got to throw a little shout out in here the winning team was mouse and key and then they got signed to 100 thieves a couple weeks later so congrats to them that's killer and awesome but this is just a case study of one tournament but it is interesting to kind of see that breakdown what are your thoughts on 70 30 is that closer than you were expecting or is that still like it's pretty obvious that mouse and key is being played more often at the pro level. It's really surprising to me. I mm-hmm. think that you assume that professionals use mouse and keyboard and that controller players are incredibly rare. Having 30%, that's a significant figure. You know, that's a good amount of people making the choice mm-hmm. to compete at the highest level on controller. And it's a statement of the fact that they can, that yeah. it they're not just blown out of the water by mouse and keyboard as many people have assumed for years i think that the fact that they're not dominating and Mm -hmm. everybody is jumping ship is an indicator that it's probably not overpowered Mm -hmm. you know and at least the professional saying that there's a significant amount of people 30 percent but they're not just wiping the floor and these you have to just consider the fact that these are intense every gunfight it's all on the line. Yeah. Like every shot counts. So the choice of input matters immensely. Mm-hmm. And and the blend seems to work right now in Apex. Mm-hmm. Three of five teams having one controller player, maybe that's the way to go. That like those top five teams may be mixing it in. Maybe that's the way to do it in the current scene. Whether that is good or not, we'll discuss in a second here. But I also want it to be noted that it is quite interesting to just see, hey, there's that choice like you mentioned, and we're still choosing mouse and key the majority of the time. And we have seen pro scenes, cough, cough, Fortnite, get absolutely dominated by controllers to the point where it was a majority controller and it was controller only winning. And so we are so far from that in Apex, yet the argument and debate is so loud in our community right now. And that's kind of an interesting point that should be emphasized, I think. We're going to talk about some input from Respawn as well, though, before we kind of get to the wrap up here. So from Ramy Vinson, the designer behind Aim Assist in Apex Legends, uh, quote, conceptually aim assist sites, uh, conceptually aim assist sits at the input layer above balanced design. Using it as a difficulty lever is bad. Aim assist is for accessibility. And yes, it's easy for us to accidentally make it too good. And where that line is can be up for debate. I mean, that's the quote that I think sums up this entire argument quite well. Where the line is, is up for debate. So where's the line? Like, it's going to be different for everyone's opinion. It's a really hard quote to chew on because you hear the key words that It's designed for accessibility. Mm -hmm. There is no intention of it to be a balancing tool for difficulty. That would be 
destructive to the game. Mm-hmm. But what is too good and what is too bad is not defined by the people behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. It is a problem. So it's hard to really digest that and that, all right, well, I hear your intention, but if we can't say without a doubt it is or it isn't enough or meeting its you know, goal of accessibility, mm-hmm. then that just allows you to wander. And, you know, thoughts like this, words like this, I think support the continuation of this debate. Yeah, totally fair that it supports the continuation of the debate. No doubt about it. I think it's quite interesting because I think it just reiterates the purpose. The definition of aim assist is to use it as an accessibility tool. We see in Apex Legends, it is not used fully as an accessibility tool. How do we get it to maybe be an accessibility tool? Do we want it to be? Because from a business perspective, there's a whole other argument of we need to keep the controller players happy. They're a huge portion of our fan base. Not to say keeping a controller player happy means they need to be able to kill all mouse and keyboard players, but they need to be able to still play the game at a high enough level to have a good time because they make up a huge portion of the audience that watches the pros and the mouse and key players and pays for the game and keeps that prize pool good for the pros and the streamers in business because they're all enjoying it. (laughs) Totally. And I just have to agree with that. And on top of it, say, if you are a keyboard and mouse player, like a top streamer, I guarantee you that all of your deaths are not coming from controller players. Mm -hmm. So we can't really have a very heated argument. If you're Mm -hmm. dying to keyboard players, then it probably isn't the input. If you're so good, if you're a top performing professional Apex player, you should be winning the vast majority of your gunfights and the fact remains that you're not dying exclusively to controller players. You're dying Mm -hmm. to both. The percentage Mm -hmm. of it isn't really relevant because of how the matchmaking works. But the fact that you're not looking at every single death recap and saying, oh, controller, 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 that's the reason, that's a fact, that's not happening. So you can't really draw the conclusion that it is immensely overpowered. Mm -hmm. Another quote from John Larson, the live balance designer in Apex Legends. When I see a top-level controller player saying they would be all right with nerfing aim assist, I definitely take note. Players should not feel forced to use a specific input type, and if I see players converting out of what they think is necessity, I would 100% be concerned. And I think this is just a good point to make, more so not confirming that it is happening, but if this was to happen, if these players were continuing to come to me, and if players were continuing to switch to controller then that's when we will see action being taken, maybe on the respawn side of things. Yeah, I love it because it's the fact that actions speak louder than words. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not seeing Hall switch to controller. If you were, that would be a serious indicator that there is a distinctive difference. I can also point to the fact that one of the best players to ever touch the sticks, Nicewig, mm-hmm is incredible at apex on any input game game controller, (laughs) mouse and key it doesn't matter the man is cracked and so you look at that and you say "Hmm, well if it doesn't matter for him he can make it happen then maybe it isn't as impactful as it is for 
the rest of us. It's a real interesting conversation to have because I think that, and, and the reason we're locked in on the streamers and pros input is one, they're the loudest and two, their opinions shape the general player base. That's just how our society, you know, kind of works right now for better or for worse. Um, and so for now, for now until they, until until we become the celebrities and then we are the people influencing everyone's opinions and we're never wrong. Right. Like we've never, we've never predicted that the rocket will like explode and the map will be gone. That never, never happened, never happened. (laughs) But yeah, I think it's, it's really interesting in that sense of like the acting to speak louder than words. If it's such a frustration that once a month you feel like you need to go voice your concern, I think switch. you're switch. Like you should at that Enough point talking. if you really feel that way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Walk me through the uh, console versus PC aim assist. I think some people know it. I think it might be unfamiliar for other people. And let's talk about it for a second. I actually think this is a really important part of the discussion. I think Mm -hmm. that the difference between how aim assist is weighed across platforms really speaks to the heart of the issue and maybe why aim assist exists in the first place. So when you're playing Apex on console, you have an aim assist coefficient that determines the power of the aim assist, and it's set at 0.6 in the game files. Mm Mm-hmm. On PC as a platform, if you plug in a controller, you're given aim assist of 0.4. So the aim assist difference or the strength is about 50% more on console than PC. And why is that? It's a really good question because it sounds intense. It sounds like, it sounds overwhelming. Cow. Like you, you tell hear- us that mm-hmm. and we used to be on console. Yeah. And we are planning on plugging our controller into a PC. We believe that we will suck mm-hmm. and it is not going to be fun. And you hear that and you're like, oh man, I get it why all the pros and the streamers are complaining about cross play and having mm-hmm. to play against console players. Like that seems broken. <laughs> yep. Because it's just different rules and it doesn't seem fair. But number one, I can say that. We made the switch. Don't feel much of a difference. KD went up. KD went up, baby. <laughs> but why is that? And it really comes down to the fact that there's stronger aim assist on console to make up for the lack of frame rates that players receive on PC. It's harder to track when you're looking at 30 frames versus 120 to 240. If you put 240 frames and 0.6 aim assist, I think you would run into a serious issue at that point. (laughs) Massive, massive difference on what the server is showing a console player versus a PC player. Massive. Mm -hmm. The number one reason why Shay and I switched to PC as a platform was for more frames. You want to see more of the game. And now when we go back to our Xbox One, oh my gosh, it Mm -hmm. is not good i'm selling mine i don't know (laughs) how we did 30 40 average frames compared to our now 120 plus Mm -hmm. it's completely different game and it really comes down to the ability to track and that is why the aim assist is stronger Mm -hmm. you cannot the game is moving at a different pace for 
you on PC than it is on a console. So there has to be an assister to level the playing field. Yeah. It, it, it's staggering to go back and look at it, kind of like you were mentioning. That's it. I think this opens up a serious question, though, and explains why there has not been a next-gen version of Apex yet for the new consoles. It's going to be hard to pour in. What does it look like? Can a PS5 get 120 frames? Can an Xbox Series X get 120 frames? If so, do they then get PC controller aim assist at 0.4 instead, even though they can't maybe flex up to the crazy 240? Like, how do you draw the line? I think that's one of the reasons we're seeing a delay on that project as well. And it's a huge core component of the game that will alter every single match played. It's shocking that it has taken this long, to be honest. Totally. I I Mm -hmm. think that it is something that must be an element of why it has been delayed to have a next-gen update for console players. But you have to assume that these next-gens are powerful enough to run Apex Mm -hmm. at 120. It kind of just comes down to servers. And that's really where I think all the chaos ensues. Yeah. (laughs) Start and end. That's what unites the player base. Yeah. 100%. So we'll see. I'm hoping that there will be substantial updates to that and we'll get a next-gen update. And that could eliminate a lot of the concerns Mm -hmm. around the aim assist because my input stayed the same, but my platform changed. No significant difference, I don't think, in my performance. So we'll see if we can do that across all PS5s, all Xbox series, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah. We're going to wrap it up though. Now that's kind of like the layout. We'll give you guys some of our thoughts. I got some questions to poise to you, but before we do so, I, there was a really interesting excerpt that I came across during research for this. And it's from the Washington post, an article written by Ethan Davidson talking about that interactive labs research. It makes things make a lot of sense to me essentially. And you can tell me that I should be not interpreting this as I am, but Here's the quote. In their studies with Amosis, the interaction lab found that when players won, they thought it was because of their skills, and when they lost, they claimed the other person was getting help. These findings are consistent with self-serving attribution bias, a well-known psychological bias in which people attribute success to themselves and failure to external sources, says Mandrick. We're really good at claiming success for ourselves, but when we fail, it's like, oh, that was a bot hacker. I think this might be what it comes down to in large part for people. Nobody likes dying to a player they feel they are superior to. If controller is easier to pick up for people like new players, that means that a fresh player that has put in two hours versus a player that has put in two hours on mouse and key, the guy on controller might have a better chance of killing a streamer randomly, you know, in a game, a lot of variables that go into it outside of that and so i think that's where the frustration comes from and it is this it's very hard to put that self-serving attribution bias aside and kind of look at those external factors like you were saying maybe it was the pk that hit for 11 versus the smg and the guy hit me with in the head this time around (laughs) it always hurts to die and we say it a lot apex is hard Mm -hmm. extremely hard there are so many variables and just technically with the movement apex is very hard and i think the reason that we're still here is how good the weapons feel 
in relation to that. Mm-hmm. If the weapons weren't as powerful as they were across the board, Apex would be unplayable, period. Like the guns are very good in this game. And that makes it fun because you can pick up anything and use it and have success. But the movement is a huge barrier to entry to play in this game and mm-hmm. dying always hurts. I just think that you're going to die a lot mm-hmm. and it's hard and coming up with those excuses is a natural thing, but it's something that you have to at least try to overcome and know that you're going to lose mm-hmm. and you're going to win. And I, I think that this issue just kind of speaks to how complex Apex is, how in any Apex fight could you ever boil it down to input mm-hmm. when there's healing, there's high ground, there's teams, there's abilities, there's multiple weapons, there's map mechanics. There's so many things that impact if you die or not. The ring, mm-hmm. how could it ever boil down to one element? It couldn't, but can your mind balance all those things and come with a you know solid conclusion that feels good? Probably mm-hmm. not, so the default is aim assist. Yeah. I think there's two main questions we should look at with controller and aim assist to kind of wrap up the discussion in Apex. Is it fulfilling its purpose in Apex Legends, the game we're looking at right now? And should the pro scene have a blend of controller and mouse and key? Kind of going back to that competitive integrity thing that Shroud mentioned. I think those are two things. Let's tackle them one at a time here quickly. In Apex, controller is obviously doing more than the ground accessibility feature that I think people dream of it to be. I don't know a game that does it though, just purely as an accessibility feature. It's hard to do. If it was easy and perfect, every game would do it. Is that okay? How do we feel about that kind of aspect of the game as it is? I think that it's more than okay. I think Mm -hmm. Apex is difficult enough with all the other features and things you have to weigh that it's good to have a really strong accessibility feature for controller players. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I think it works right now. I've been playing on PC for what? Six, nine months, Six, seven. Yeah. Like I feel good mm-hmm. and I'm a controller player. I feel like I'm in a good position to have an opinion on this. That is reasonable. Yeah. And we talked about one important thing. There's less streamers that play on controller than PC. So you don't hear as many voices of controller players sharing their frustration with, oh man, that guy just tap strafed on me and killed yeah. me because we've experienced it on PC for 100%. sure. And I think the game is very, like the game is filling its purpose to boil it down to its simplest form right now. Like if we want to put it at the simplest way possible, aim assist allows controller players to maybe have some more success at close range i would say if we were giving it that title it's still even balanced out by the fact that the other team or the mouse and key has movement death box features and the ability to succeed at longer ranges and apex is very much a long range game in my experience and so i think even if we are gonna concede that yes there is a man a guy with a prowler hip firing and the algs is really good because they're on controller 
there's still pros to being on mouse and key. That's why people are still on mouse and key in the pro scene. That's why nobody's switching. And maybe the future is blend for pro scene. But in that same sense, do you think it should be just M and K or just controller to remove as much parity and as humanly possible? First, I think when you look at one situation, like a hipfire prowler on controller in a PC lobby at the highest level, that's weird to me because it is not significant in my eyes. And it's the one if that it is, gets spoken of. It is. It mm-hmm. comes up a lot. And if it is so significant, why then is a player on controller who gets lucky enough to pick up a prowler mowing down an entire lobby until they get head shy with the Kraber? Mm-hmm. That doesn't happen. So it must not be that impactful. But back to the question, when you talk about ProSane and should they be together, these two inputs, I think yes. But there are separate leagues. We have controller, console leagues of Apex. That is a good thing. But how the industry is right now, there isn't the volume of controller players to bring in the viewers, bring in the sponsors, bring in the numbers Mm -hmm. to have a professional league that has casters and has big budgets Mm -hmm. to make it healthy. So we need to work together with the mouse and key players in order to give any controller player a shot at being a professional Apex Legends player. That's just a fact. Like Mm -hmm. Opinions aside, I like what we have right now because it gives the controller player a shot And I do not feel that they have an unfair advantage because the numbers just don't show it. Like they don't show a clear advantage. I think the the last thing I will end on, I agree with everything you've said, is the new Apex Pro League is going to add console players into the pro scene. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to be the most interesting thing to monitor yet because the frame rate discrepancy is more so which is built into the aim assist function as well. But that's where I think you will see a advantage versus disadvantage kind of thing play out maybe even more so. Like if we see console players either absolutely struggling and failing, maybe there's something wrong with that. But if we see them like all of a sudden succeeding and half the players in the ALGS are on console, then I think you'll run into some sort of issue and we'll really resurface this debate in that way. So if you're a diehard Amos's controller versus mouse and key debate follower, keep your eyes on that and see how the pro scene unfolds in, in that form. I think that's going to be something to monitor in the future. That kind of wraps it up, though. Anything else to throw in there? I feel like we kept it pretty level. Even I think keened. that went great. And I'd love to hear people's thoughts. Did you learn anything from this? Do you disagree? Do you agree? I'd really love to hear some thoughts across Twitter, Instagram. I think this is a good conversation to, now that maybe you have a little bit more information, spread the word. Mm -hmm. Like We want to get the conversation going in a more informed way, as I think what the goal of this episode was. Keep your debates larger and keep your opinions larger than whole arm versus aim assist like <laughs> come on guys let, let's do better and and i 100 percent will tell you that if you want to go have a discussion with people about this you won't be able to do it on social media platforms sometimes there's a lot of very stubborn people out there 
I'm hoping and expecting our community to be able to hold these debates in a very nice way. So join the Discord, add us, and we'll chat about it if you really want to. And if you're banging your mouse down into the thing saying, Henry and Shay, you guys are the dumbest people I've ever heard right now. Let's chat about it. I'd love to hear your opinions a little bit more and uh, some of your experiences. But we're going to wrap up the show as always by answering some five-star questions. If you want your question answered, leave it in the form of a five-star review and we'll make sure it's on the show. First one go coming from Jim Say 16 Hey guys, I recently started listening to the podcast a couple weeks ago when I had to take a road trip and I was in search of something to pass the time. I can say that I am hooked. I listened to this pod for the 40 hours I was driving over the week and the time just flew by. I found myself not wanting to get out of the car once my day was over. Keep up the great work. My question for you is about my main Watson. I'm sure by now you've seen her potential heirloom be leaked. What are your initial thoughts on it as it's gotten a lot of backlash from what I've read? Possible Nessie Hunter that might have special animations when it's coming up on them, coming up to them on the maps. I'm also kind of hoping it plays into a buff that comes with it shooting uh, her pylons a further distance, like Kostya can throw his traps. This would make her tactical play into the heirloom, kind of like Octane with the stem. I feel this would also allow her to be more offensive and trap others in buildings, easier control for other teams, less rotations. Uh, instead of only worrying around the area you're defending. What are your thoughts? Sorry for the long post. I look forward to the continued podcasts. Appreciate the kind of words, Jim Say. Really 40 hours is a lot. That. Yeah, that's a serious amount of uh, third-party listening. Wow. A um, couple Work of cool ideas. It, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I like uh, what we've seen so far about the Watson Heirloom. I think that it's pretty creative. I like that it's not a blade. Um, I think that really speaks to me. The idea of being a Nessie hunter is really, really cool. You know, yeah, there's that's hidden cool. Nessies around the maps. Like that would be an awesome degree of map interaction that I think is a huge incentive to to shell out or choose that um, heirloom because that'd be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. This idea of with the introduction of an heirloom, buffing a legend so that it works with it is something I've never considered. It's very um, interesting. What are your thoughts, Jay, about the idea of shooting a pylon instead of placing a pylon? Yeah, I've seen people talk about this. I wonder, the problem with comparing it to caustic is caustics is easy. You can just throw it out. It doesn't have to be precise and it will have an effect. Pylon, you need to be incredibly precise with the placement to get the most out of it. And I worry that doing it at any range with a gun, like it just won't even be used because you will be more at a disadvantage trying to take the time to line it up and aim it yeah. rather than doing anything. And just putting them out into open areas, I don't think is very effective per se. But I do like the idea of mixing it in with an heirloom. I just think maybe there's better buff concepts for Watson out there. Yeah, I, I think the developers would be pretty hesitant to do something like this. Um, I think about, I've been playing through Horizon Zero Dawn, and there is yeah. the kind of crossbow where you can throw two fence posts, pretty much, and then there's an invisible electric fence, and mm-hmm. you can kind of lay mm-hmm. a trap. I could see maybe something like that happening with Watson, but it would be a drastic rework where it should be setting traps and they'd be invisible. And that's something that I don't really think is the direction of Watson, but I am beginning to prepare myself to be surprised by what they do. Mm -hmm. I feel like 
For a long time, I felt like Watson wasn't going to get anything substantial because of her history, but now that it's been so long, I feel like something big might be in the works. So I'm yeah. prepared to be surprised, but expecting not a whole lot. That's expecting the not be surprised. Yeah. 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 I think that's totally fair. Next question coming from Seto Kaiba 11. Hi guys, love the podcast. Been listening for a few months now. If you actually read this on the podcast, I'll be hyped. Hype. Hype meter. Hype. Hype. <laughs> Apex related question now. What is the highest rank you guys have achieved and ranked ever? Non-Apex related question. Have you guys ever gotten into any card games? Pokemon, oh, Magic, man. Yu-Gi-Oh, Hearthstone, etc. Speaking to my heart. Starting with the Apex. Uh, finished in D2. We've hit D1 unless you've hit Diamond 1 or Master recently and not told me. Nope. Can't get through Diamond. Um, and I think one is... I'll speak for myself personally. I won't speak for you. But one, I think I, I have some improvement that needs to be made to take my game to a master level. And two, I would need much more time in my life to be able to do so. And I don't have it right now. Yeah. It comes down to time and skill, but also I think we both consider ourselves to be content creators. We have to play every legend. We have mm -hmm. to play every map. We can't just limit ourselves to ranked every single day, all day. And, you know, like you said, limited time in the day. So we like to play the game in all shapes and sizes. We want to play Watson. And don't always feel confident yeah, taking do. her into a D3 <laughs> game. So Master we do crypto. what I can. <laughs> that, that's yeah. always a fun one. Yeah. Your non-Apex-related question speaks to my heart, though. Seto Kaibai. Kaiba. Kaiba. Oh, my goodness. I know exactly what you're trying that to say. That good. Seto Kaiba. I think that's a, from a Yu-Gi-Oh character. I, maybe. I'm not sure. Anyways, I grew up on card games. One of my best friends growing up on a board game store and just absolutely addicted to Yu-Gi-Oh for a long time. Never really played Pokemon. Uh, I played in magic tournaments all the time, every weekend, build decks. I got boxes of cards in my closet near me right now. I will happily pick up a card game anytime if someone ever wanted to play with me, but everyone else kind of grew out of that phase <laughs> and except for me. Um, but, and, and my favorite one of all time, Card Fight Vanguard, uh, not as well known, uh, but I, I was ranked in the state for that game. I went and competed in state tournaments and stuff. So yes, you're speaking to a total like card game freak. I love board games and all that kind of stuff. And card games was my first like outside of basketball, huge like competitive itch, essentially. That was a great answer, Shay. <laughs> I've tried to know. get you to play card games. Yeah. It, it, and it's not everybody's thing. It, it's totally, totally like... Back in the case day, definitely spent my fair share of allowance money on variety of cards, baseball cards even, Pokemon cards, magic cards. Uh, I don't know, there was this World War II miniature and card game. Mm, it was pretty mm -hmm. complex. I liked that for a bit. Um, hasn't fully taken over my life before, but I definitely went to some clubs and traded Heck, some yeah. cards. I think I've said I've, I've done that, but... Not to an extreme degree. Yeah. Don't quiz me. Dang extreme degree for me, uh, unfortunately. And I will say, I think uh, as a kid, card games, a lot more fun. As a kid, you're always like, I can't wait till I have adult money so I can buy every deck possible. 
some of the fun is, you know, just going to the shop and getting a booster pack and playing with whatever you pull out of that. So yeah, you made this episode go long, Seto, because of that. So thank you so much. I uh, appreciate the question. I was going to wrap it up. Wrap it up, though. Thank you to our producer of the Third Party 10, who supports us as a dropship captain on Patreon. Subscribe on Apple Pods, drop a follow on Spotify, leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer on our next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We will catch you next time. Peace. Hey, now, another squad coming in. Boom! Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs>